two words to describe Dan Crystal are real and connecting. Dan is the epitome of connecting with people in a real, authentic way with such a pure motive of loving others, being a real friend. He's driven to serve others simply through the lens of being there for others with genuine generosity. You're gonna love our conversation. Here we go. I'm Alita Reynolds with Women of Faith. Welcome to the Women of Faith show with Alita Reynolds. Today we have Dan Crystal. What a treat. You guys are going to love this one. He's a pastor, speaker, and author. There's so many more things to talk about than just those three words. So we're just happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Alita. Yeah. Okay. So we know each other. Mm -hmm. We could be talking for hours on this show. (laughs) Um, The thing that uh, really brought us together was we went to a set shoot in, I still believe, uh, down in Mobile, Alabama for the film, I still believe. And um, hottest few days ever, ever on the beach, (laughs) watching the wedding scene Mm -hmm. of, I still believe if you got, if listeners, if you haven't watched that show, you definitely should uh, the film. It was so good. And we had this divine appointment Mm -hmm. of us meeting and my husband, GJ, and I, and us, we all quickly became friends. And now it's led to you guys having this show together in mm-hmm. Times Chat. Tell us about that. What's that all about? Well, first of all, if you remember, the first actual meeting you and I had was I mentioned that your name reminded me of a movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go so back. So let's go back and let's say, okay, so did you know your names like after a movie? You're saying, yeah. no, I think I was first. And you- <laughs> Well, my, my secret hope was that that wouldn't do very well because I didn't want everybody to come up to me like, yeah, I, I heard of the film well it didn't actually do too well from what i understand but that's because the real alita is still living so yeah and then on the way we actually spent i don't know four hours that afternoon if you yeah. remember we were on a bus ride back to the airport and we then spent two another two hours yeah. in the airport chatting and yeah. and i asked you both the, the two questions i ask everyone yeah and i've been doing that here literally the entire time that we've been in this where we are right now yeah. and uh, it's where were you born yeah. and how did you get to where you are right now yeah why do you do that why do I do that? Because it's their story. Yeah. And you can fill in the blank with whatever you want to fill in. Whenever I'm talking to people, I always say, don't let all your crazy out all at once. Yeah. Right? Don't tell me everything about everything bad you've done. You've done. But I want to hear the transitions. Okay. So I always liken that to, you know, if you're on an airplane with somebody, you're never most likely going to see that person ever again. Right? So let all your crazy out? Let all your crazy out. You can say anything <laughs> you want because you're never going to see them again. I've done that before. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? I actually did that with GJ when I first met him. Um, I just let all the crazy out. And it's like, wow, we ended up getting married. So, hey. Well, I mean, GJ, he, yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that, that explains a lot. It explains a lot. Okay, so that's, so where were you born? And how did you get to where you are right now? And so most of the time people just bounce around. They'll say, hey, I was born in this town. Like, for example, myself, I was born in Baltimore and then I moved to New Jersey. Then I met my wife. I moved to California. So that's kind of the story we give. But I I say I always reserve the right to ask questions during your story. So I say, wait a second. Why did you move from Baltimore to Philadelphia? Why did you move? 
wait a minute, you met your wife and moved to California. What right. was that about? Right. So it offers more opportunity to expand the story. Yeah, the whole timeline can yeah. get filled in. And, and good. usually it takes about an hour to an hour and a half for that person to get through their story. Wow. And then to say, well, I want to hear about yours. I said, well, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I am in the driver's seat of this conversation. Yes, so we are. get to talk about you. Okay. And we're all here right. at NRB Live 2021. If you guys hear background noise, that's why you hear all of that. Um, we have lots of people walking around and watching. So um, I'm just glad that we're here together. You know, we see each other over Zoom. We see each other on video conferencing all the time. Um, or GJ and I, you are talking and I get to chime into the conversation as well as your wife, Tanya. Tell me about Tanya. She's an amazing woman. I love her. Tanya is, uh, she's phenomenal, number one. Yeah. And... Uh, the fact that she actually said yes on top of the Empire State Building was like... That's uh, where you proposed? Yes, that's where I proposed. Really? You know, Tanya, <laughs> we, when we met, we, she, is a, she was a single mom, and she was the first person in her area that was able to get off of welfare, go through school, and now she's an oral and maxillofacial facial surgeon. Wow. So she was a single mom for almost okay, three years. Okay, what is that? Because people might not know so what that is. So oral and maxillofacial is anything that has to do with the jaw and the mouth. Uh -huh. And so you have ear, nose, and throat doctors. Then you have oral right. surgeons. Yeah. And you have uh, pro like prosthodontists and all that. Yeah. She does reconstructive. She does extractions. She yeah. does the surgical extractions. Yeah. And she helps people rebuild bone back. And, wow. and she does an amazing work. Wow. And she is very, very gifted in what I call healings if you will, yeah. she can diagnose something uh, that with, for anybody wow. just because she has the just intuitiveness, yeah. the gift of the Holy Spirit, and yeah. she's amazing in that way. She is. So we spent the first 16 years of our marriage literally in investing in school wow. for her to be an oral surgeon. and It's worked out okay. It's worked out okay. And you yeah. help with that business. I help with that business, yeah. yeah. You do a lot of things. You pastor, author, speaker, um, you're a definitely a family man. Real relationships is where you're at. Okay. But then on top of all of that, what else are you doing? I'm doing a little law school. In okay. The so do you sleep is really the number one question. Do you sleep? I, yeah, I get about five, six hours a night. Probably not hey, enough. I mean, job. probably not enough, but I, I, I tell people that time between seven and 11 at night when yeah. most people are like, I'm just going to sit back, turn the TV yep. on. I'm opening up my computer and I'm doing my studies. Wow. Granddaughter goes to bed. Tanya's, uh, Tanya's resting for the next day. So how does a pastor decide to go to law school? That was mainly, mainly an obedience thing. Um, yeah. when, I finished, when I finished seminary back in, way back, <laughs> I won't tell people, <laughs> but when I finished seminary way back, I knew I wanted to expand my education. So, But it wasn't the traditional route that most people would go in ministry yeah. because I knew that I had this connection with the marketplace that not a lot of other pastors may have had because yeah. I've always been in business as well I'm in ministry. And so I did get a master's in business from uh, Kaplan University a few years back. And then I said, I, just, I don't want to go the route of the normal. I don't want to just get a doctorate of ministry and have a piece of paper that says yeah. you're a doctorate of something. No yeah. offense to anybody that's out there that sure. has those doctorates because sure. they're using them. Sure. But I didn't see myself going that direction. Right. So I remember back in high school, I was on the mock trial. Uh. And I was an attorney on the mock trial. And that one year... We went to the state finals. Really? And I obtained Good the job. name. Thank you. It was a big team effort. Sure. But I obtained the name Mad Dog Dan after one Dang. of our cases. Wow. Um, because I ripped a piece of paper out of a witness's hand and gave him a paper cut. <laughs> so, wow. Vicious. Vicious. Vicious so, dog. <laughs> actually, Tiny and I, we decided to try to enter together into law school. Yeah. And uh, some 
family issues have kept her from continuing. But uh, I remember I said, Lord, if this is what you really want, then you'll make it very, very well known that it's going to happen. Wow. And so I applied, and within 24 hours, they came back, called, and said, I don't think we've ever seen the school board decide that quickly. Wow. Something, you know it's a God thing when that happens. Yeah. When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for a relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. And the thing that I love about you is you are dedicated to real relationships. In fact, you're so dedicated. You wrote a book on it. Uh, yeah, um, you, you. I, I love this book. Um, there's so much good content. You really get to know you, but there's so much good content and like training on it as well. Um, so you also have a complimentary piece to mm -hmm. this as well. A, a Bible study guide. discussion yeah. guide. Yeah. So the lost art of relationship. And then what's the name of the Bible study? Discussions. I'm sorry. For, discussion guide. Discussions for a better relationship. You can call it Bible study. Yeah. It's a group study, Bible study, yeah. small group study. It's so good. I'm so thankful that you've written that. I think, um, gosh, it is a lost art. So many people want real relationships. That's one of the biggest values with us here at Women of Faith. It's life leadership, real relationships, spiritual strength. And so um, I feel like God really brought you into our lives, my husband, GJ and I's lives to be a testimony to real relationships. You have been there for us. You and Tanya believe in us. You're praying for us. I mean, you do the things. You didn't write this book just because you wanted to tell everybody else how to have a real re relationship. You wrote it because that's what you actually have learned how to do in your life. You know, it's. I love the fact that you said that because one of the, my biggest goals when I wrote that book was not to be an expert in relationship. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of experts in relationship. Sure. I call myself a student of relationship. Yeah. And so I'll continually be learning. And that's how I finish off the book is, is the whole, the art of the question. Yeah. You never stop learning. Right. And so what I, what I did was, is I wrote stories about what people have in my life that have been really influential in my life yeah. have taught me about how to live out yeah. loving your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So it, there is some teaching in there. I kind of yeah. throw that in there. But yeah. the heart of it is it's got to be organic. I'm getting all teary eyed thinking about mm -hmm. it just because it really it means a lot to me that. Uh, I get to tell I get to tell the story yeah. of other people's that have been influential to me, not just my story. Yeah, you know. And you're teary-eyed because you're passionate about it because Very. you you know that's the heart of. I mean, we're to love God, love people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like let's just make it as short of a statement as possible. We are to love God first, yeah. and then people, and that's really your mantra through this whole book. Like that's what we're commanded to do: love God first, and then. Love your neighbor as yourself. And you you do that. As I'm so thankful for that. I am too. Here's how it came about, though. I, I spent two years. Moved, we moved to Northern California. We knew no one. As a matter of fact, I'm the one who said to my wife, we're never going to Northern California. I don't want to live there. 
I don't want to be there. I don't know anybody up there. And little did I know that for two years I would spend investing in relationship with other people. I went to about 500 coffees and lunches and I got depressed after two years. I mean, I literally had met all these people. Okay, why did you go back? Because why did you do that? I had started a ministry slash business. Uh, I wanted to connect with the people in the marketplace and pastors in ministry and literally become a friend to them. And then if they needed any resource, I could help them get it. So it was more, I don't care if you pay me anything at all. I mean, that's great. That's a great benefit if that actually happens. But I want to get to know you. I want to be there for you. I want to help connect you. That's called generosity right there. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't I actually don't even think about it like that. I feel, think of it as this is what we're supposed to be doing. Genuine generosity. <laughs> well, thank you very much. But I did. I got depressed because I'm like, God, I had been speaking. I had been preaching. I had been pastoring. And now all of a sudden for two years, I'm not making a financial commitment to my I'm not commitment, but I'm not supplying finances to my family the way my wife was yeah. because she's now the primary breadwinner and and I felt like I was always taking from that instead of giving to it. But what God was doing was helping me understand that my purpose in life really is to lead people to understand what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And I believe as soon as Jesus uttered the words, I mean, the moment he uttered the words, our enemy, the devil, said, that's yep. my primary number one thing totally. I'm going to do is I'm totally. going to destroy relationships. Yeah. Between I'm going to try to get them into isolation. I mean, really, the pandemic has been a huge issue of that. You know, a lot of people don't see that as being an issue from the pandemic. It created isolation. And that's what they exactly what the enemy wanted. As Dan is sharing today, I'm reminded that when Jesus shared what was most important to God, loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, the enemy knew what we would battle the most with. Some of my most intimate relationships have almost fallen apart, and actually some of them have fallen apart in the past. And I just want to share with you a few words of wisdom that I so hope will help you in the future with your relationships. The most important thing we can do in our lives is to build a deep and strong relationship with God and to work on having deep and meaningful relationships with others. When the relationships that are most important in your life start to fall apart, you have to look to God first. Pray that the relationship can be restored. Look at yourself and ask God to reveal what you need to know in order to restore that relationship. We cannot control how the other person will, re- will respond. What we can control though is this. How can you truly love this person? How can you truly love them because you care so deeply about them? Fight for the relationship. It takes work. My hope is that what Dan and I share in this show will simply encourage you and equip you to love others in a way that will be honoring to God. What's one of the most fun and exciting things you've ever done in your life? I mean, there it's not a tall order or anything. It doesn't have to be spectacular. Other than proposing to your wife <laughs> on the top of Empire State, that's cool. Okay, what's another fun, exciting experience you've had? Okay, so we were down in Cozumel, I think it is, somewhere down in, I don't know, not Cozumel, Cancun. Uh-huh. Whatever, it started with a C somewhere sure. in Mexico. And... um my wife had said, let's try this because she had done it once before and I was super stoked. 
She goes, we're going to go 45 minutes out into the ocean, and we're going to put on a mask and a snorkel. We're going to jump in, and we're going we're gonna to dive with the whale sharks. Wow. So 35, 40-foot long whale sharks with the big mouth. And they're swimming, and their their fins are up out of the water. They're mm-hmm. all swimming around. Mm-hmm. There must have been a hundred of them out there. Wow! And and of course, I have my GoPro camera because why not? Duh. And I literally just took video of this one whale shark that had turned my way. I felt like God sent that whale shark my way. Turned it around, came straight for me, and I just moved out of the way just a little bit and was able to graze the side of the whale shark. Wow! And that did ex- you feel? Afraid? Not what none whatsoever. That's if anything, so cool. I had a hard time catching my breath because I was like hyperventilating. In a good way. That, in a good way that I, I am so excited cool. about this. Cool. Yeah, it was just absolutely the one of the best experiences, wow. exciting experiences I've had. Very cool. So I know that in your book, one of the things you talk about is your struggle with identity. You know, I think identity, a lot of people maybe not know what the word is that they're struggling with, but it's identity, not knowing who they are, struggling with not feeling like they fit in, they don't belong or, but the reality is that we're children of God. And that's where our identity as a Christian comes from. Um, So tell me about like, where has that played a part in your life? Well, even as you say that, it's kind of, to me, what sparks a lot of the confusion for people. Because they oh, say, sure. well, yeah, of course my identity is in Christ, but I don't understand what that means. Yeah. And I just remember growing up and there were two words that really stuck out to me the most with my identity. And that was insecurity and inhibitions. Yeah. Insecurity Same. is, what I say is insecurity are the inner screams that we wish no one else would hear. And we all have them. Yeah. Somebody walks into a room full of people. They're insecure because they don't know what to say. Right. Someone stands up on a stage for the first time ever. They don't know what to say. <laughs> Why are you nodding toward me? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, uh, it, it's somebody could be that way. Yeah. Someone that I know could be that way. And I, I thought I had conquered it. Yeah. You know, I was in ministry. I was executive pastor at a church. And I felt like I had conquered the insecurity. Yeah. And then we decided to do this 360, 363, I almost said, 360 degree evaluation where if I'm not sure if all of your viewers will know what that is, but it literally is your superior, your colleagues, which is people that are on the same level in your work, your employees or your direct reports, but not only that, but your wife or your, or your spouse, uh, or your, a couple of your friends, they all take the same survey. And then they compile all of that okay, quality. You voluntarily did this? Oh, it was part of the leadership process. So you did not initiate this? I didn't this initiate sounds it. sounds a little... No, as a matter of fact... Not I, sure if I, I'd want to do that. I think the senior pastor of the church at the time probably huh? regretted doing it afterwards <laughs> too. Maybe because I, I just remember what we did is we went away on a retreat and a third party had taken the time to pour through all the comments. Sure. I mean, it's qualitative data. So yeah. they pour through all the comments, wow. they put it all together... He sits down with me at the table and he says, well, Dan, uh, nobody had anything really negative to say about you. He goes, what do you think about that? I said, no one had anything negative to say? Because I know that they've said negative things. He said, no, nobody said anything negative about you at all. But what they did say was, if he would just do this, he could be that much better. And I'll never forget his name's Tom. Tom looked at me and he said, what do you think that is? I said, I know exactly what that is. And I'm, I'm really shocked because I thought I had overcome all that. Those are my insecurities. 
They have been what's held me back from actually excelling in any area. Yeah. I had, I, I only wanted to be good enough because I didn't think I was worth going any further. Right? That's what insecurity inhibition is. Tell me more. It keeps you from actually moving forward in life. And there are so many people out there that are not taking those chances, not taking those risks because they feel like they don't deserve it. And now that's a good thing sometimes because yeah. it's all about humility. Yeah. But when I'm talking about deserve, I mean when God decides to bless you with something, yeah. he wants you to go throw yourself at it. Yeah. Just throw yourself into it. Don't have any inhibitions because he's God. He's holding his hand out. He's going to catch you. He's going he's gonna to be there for you. And no matter if you are do anything wrong or fall, it's okay. Yeah. Because you're pointing people to God if yeah. you're following him. So that's what yeah. I mean by deserve it. Wow. So I'll never forget it, Alita. It was in a, in a November. I don't know why November is a significant month for this. Mm-hmm. It was in a November. And I just remember thinking, I have a sermon that is part of my life. It is my life. And it is now the answer to the question or the comment when people say, I find my identity in Christ. What does that mean? Yeah. That's great. It's a great thing to say. It sounds arbitrary until you really understand it. It's a great thing to put on a mug. Yeah. Like women of faith. If you haven't caught it out, women (laughs) of faith. Um, It's it's just, it's like a statement you put on a t-shirt. Yeah. So I've realized, wait a second, I need to start at the one place in my life that makes the most difference. My relationship with God. Number one, first and foremost, that's what Jesus said. So God is worthy. And I had to really come to grips with God is worthy. Yeah. I'm not worthy. Yep. I haven't died on a cross. Yeah. I haven't given my all, everything I am in my creation to be able to win people back. I've, I'm not worthy of that. But God is. Yeah. I mean, I've had many tragedies going on in my life. I lost my mom when she was too young. But God's still worthy. Yeah. I have made some mistakes. I've gone down paths where I don't want to go. I've done some things that have fed the insecurity in my life, but God's still worthy. Mm-hmm. But then it was the second one that made the most difference. And this, you have to start there. You right. have to start there. Yeah. Your identity must start with the fact that you and I were created by a maker that says, this is my creation mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm getting teary out again. You got to stop me from crying. <laughs> I usually am the one making people cry. Hey, now you're the one making hey. me cry. And then I realized, wait a second, if I wasn't worth something, then Jesus would have never died on the cross for me. So the one thing I'll tell everybody wherever I go is that you are worth the life of Jesus on the cross. He chose to walk into that. You know, when I think of what you're saying, I think so many people are so self-critical, so I'm not worth it, or I'm not enough, or I'm not blank enough, whatever that is. And then um, on my iPad, I have the face of Jesus. And is that what your heavenly father, is that what Jesus died on the cross for? Like, no, we are all worthy because he, he resides in us. The Man, Holy Spirit resides. It. Yeah. We're all made by our creator and he doesn't make junk. I, I, I've seen that before. I'm like, we all have worth, worth. Mm-hmm. that's our identity. That's our self-worth, right? Is because we have him living inside of us. And so when people are downplay themselves or critical of themselves or whatever, it's like, but God made you, he's your creator. And that's what makes you worthy. But here's what the enemy does. 
he takes that one truth yep. and says, no, he didn't really die for you. Yeah. He did that because he wanted people to look at him. Yeah. That's what the enemy does. Yeah. And so therefore what we take is, well, because I've heard this a thousand times in ministry, and, and, and I'm sure you have too with people that you've known in your life. Why would God die for me? Yeah. I mean, what am I? Yeah. And so that's the lie. That's yeah. the lie that, sa- that says to us our identity is not in Christ. Yeah. It is in it's the nothing. lie of the enemy. And the thing that we have to remember um, is that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the thing that we have to know is what does the word say? This Bible right here, what does the living word say? What is the truth about that? And we're told we're an heir to the throne, right? We are a child of the king and we are worthy. And so whenever the enemy starts talking in one ear, Kathleen Cook, I had her on a show. She talks about God talks in one ear and the enemy talks in the other ear. Which one are you going to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're going to listen to the living word because we're in it every single day and we know what it says about us, we can tell the other ear, we can tell the enemy to shut up and go back to the hell it came from, right? And so that's what I love about you talking about relationships, about identity. We just have to know what the living word says about that. And that's what we go back to. And it has to start with God is worthy. Yeah. It must start there. And he resides in us. So therefore we are worthy. He created yeah. us. So therefore we are worthy. And the interesting thing about it is, Alita, is that you you, you have to start off with, I haven't met God's standard. Mm. But that's where the enemy wants to keep us. It's because you haven't met that standard, you're not worth it. Yeah. But that's what we have to overcome. And yeah. that's what everybody has to overcome. And that's why there are so many people that are still trapped. And there are a lot of still believers and Christians that are still trapped. They've accepted Christ, but they haven't moved forward in their insecure because yeah. of their insecurities and realizing, yeah. I know, but I just want to keep beating myself up because yeah. Jesus died for me. Yeah. Jesus yeah. is like, no, I didn't die for you to beat yourself up. I died for you and then rose again so that you could go out and help people understand. And every time you mess up from that point forward, you still get forgiven and you still become worthy. And he forgets it, washes the slate clean, white as snow, and you still get to move on. And he still loves you no matter what. Noah. Gosh, doesn't that just, it's so reassuring. It's, it's totally reassuring. Yeah. I was just looking at something the other day, it was a little video and it popped up some pictures of some people in the Bible and that had some problems with their identity. <laughs> And they have problems with real relationships, too. Noah was a drunk. Yeah. Right? I mean, first of all, anybody that would probably spend 140 days on an animal cruise ship with their family, just going to have some issues. So yeah. you need to work through that. Yeah. But he, he was a drunk. David was a, uh, an adulterer and a murderer. Uh, Peter, he literally went in front of Jesus, cut off the ear of a guy. And because, then deny him three times. And then deny him three times. Uh, go I'm through like, the whole Bible, right? I, Every yeah, single I could keep one. Going. Yeah. I could keep going. But that's where the enemy starts. And I think for real relationships to begin, we need to understand, yes, we did break God's law. We did break that standard. We can never meet up to it. But that's why we were worth it. Yeah. And then when we decided we're worth it, when we understand that, that Jesus literally is the reason why, then we can. And this is all This is all my story, Alita. So that's why I'm like, so, like yeah. wanting to move forward in this is that because this life is then worth it. My life is worth living because of what Jesus did. And that's what we want our viewers to know. Absolutely. And not only that, but everyone else around you is worth it. And that's where the real relationships come in. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? 
Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. It's time for the truth bomb from Dan Crystal. A truth bomb's 30-second heartfelt message of um, what is the one thing, if somebody had to think of one thing, what's the takeaway from Dan Crystal? One truth bomb. What one do you want truth people, bomb. Yeah, what do you want people to remember? You're asking a pastor to say one okay. truth bomb. I think that if it was in relation to what we're talking about right now, because there's so many different things, sure. is that the insecurity, the inhibitions, the fear, the negative emotions that we have, they are a biological response, right? And it's not going to be too much of a truth bomb yet, but it's coming, trust okay. me. Like anger is a, tr- is, is a biological response. Sure. But let me finish out that thought. Sure. It's a biological response to an external or an internal trigger. Okay. We battle on so many different fronts as soon as we wake up in the morning. But the first battlefield is your mind. Yeah. So when we look at the, uh, when we look at the scripture that talks about the seed being cast on the ground, right? I'm gonna look it up. It's in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seed being cast on the ground. There's the battlefield of the mind. That's where it starts. There's the battlefield of the heart. There's the battlefield of the soul. That's good. And then there's the battlefield of the body. Yeah. But it all starts in the mind. That's yeah. where the enemy wants to get us. Oh, so in, sure. in your relationships, in your relationships, yeah. this is the truth. You must start with the battle in the mind yeah. first. You must start there. Yeah. And I could not agree with that more. I love talking about, I mean, when I spoke at the Thrive Conference, which was at Bayside, which is where you pastor, uh, I that's what I talked about the whole time is replacing your thoughts because this is where it all starts. It all starts there. Yeah. But the, the trick is if, it, if that gets past our mind, then we have our heart battle. Yeah. And then we have our soul. Like that trickle. And so when, when God says, guard your heart, he's saying, take care of it in your mind first. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah, so good. Um, okay, I need to. I need you to share your funny story. I'd love sharing. But this you story. get like one minute. Do you think you can do it in a minute? Yes, I can do that. I, I one challenge minute. you. I'd rather do it in one minute. Okay, good. I it's know because you're like you talk too much, Dan. I, I, no, to... I just have to have it in this show because it's hilarious. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, I was a youth pastor, first church I ever served in. Best pastor, first pastor I ever served in was amazing. And there was a woman that had just come back from the hospital, like for after two weeks, she had just had her baby. And she was in the nursery. It was after service. I literally walk into the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, I won't mention her name to protect the innocent. And I said, it's so great to see you. How are you doing? How's the baby? We're just chatting back and forth. I sit down next to her and she's like cradling the baby. And I, I'm like, oh my God, the baby's so cute. I just put, I just start, you know, how you pet the baby's head. Yeah. It's so soft. I reached down and kissed the baby's head. And the mom looks at me and she goes, you do realize I'm nursing, don't you? <laughs> I was horrified. mortified. Oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, there, we have to get some lawyers right now because I think I may have crossed the boundary. <laughs> oh, you told me that story before. And I think it's, I mean, yeah, I know that I've like acknowledged a baby and then realized they're a nurse, but not kiss her for him. Oh goodness. I have now take, I take cues. Like if a blanket comes out and it's going over the shoulder, yep. stay oh, away. Stay away. 
stay late. You had to learn the hard way. <laughs> You're a very wise man. I'm sure there's so many things that you could share. If you had to give advice to our listeners right now, what would just be one piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, relationship is worth it. Yeah. It's Good. hard. It is difficult. It's going to, uh, and if I can say this, you can edit it out. It sucks sometimes. Yeah. Even with those closest to you. Yeah. But don't give up on them. Yeah. Don't give up on your relationships. Yeah. It will be what carries you through. Yeah. Uh, especially if you do it based off of relationship with God. Yeah. Thank you for being a true friend to my husband, GJ, and I. We're so thankful for you. Thanks for being on the show. We are cheering you and Tanya on wildly. We just cheer you on so much. I, I believe in everything that you guys are doing. Thanks for being on the show. It's an honor. Thanks, Lisa. This show is brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, CHM, and ICCI. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com. Hi, I'm Alita Reynolds, president of Women of Faith. First of all, I simply want to share that I believe God wants all of us to be walking victoriously with Him. I believe this because He's given us the living word, the Bible, as our guide to know what to do when we struggle in our lives. All of our resources here at Women of Faith are practical help based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. If you or someone you care about is battling one or more of these 100 topics we have available, we have what you need to not only offer hope, but the steps you need to move forward and for breaking free from what holds you captive. I wanna give you a quick list of our resources and you may want to utilize more than one of these to get the transformation you're really looking for in your life. First of all, we have our Women of Faith classes. Do you like to learn by watching videos instead of reading? Then our growing collection of classes are for you. We have a comprehensive video library that coaches and equips you to walk in victory in every area of your life. As a certified life coach, with some of my most trusted friends and experts. We share our own personal journeys of our own struggles, of the topic at hand, and know how we've been able to overcome them, plus we'll help you find the tools needed for yourself. Then we have our Women of Faith show with Alita Reynolds. This show is for you if you're inspired by hearing other people's stories of overcoming their struggles to live in victory. These inspiring conversations will encourage you to live the life you're created for. You'll hear stories from guests who are impacting the world in big and small ways every day. We also have our Women of Faith Keys for Living, books and eBooks. Now these keys are great for personal study or even small group studies. The Keys for Living books provide steps to solutions so that you'll discover God's wisdom and guidance in a simple format to walk in freedom and live in victory. Now, are you ready to start reading right now? <laughs> Go ahead and download a Key for Living ebook for a complete and comprehensive guide on your chosen topic. Or would you rather read, highlight, and write in your book? Then order a print book to be delivered right to your home. Another resource available is our downloadable quick study guides. They contain excerpts from our correlating Keys for Living book to offer an immediate overview and concise answers. If you simply need somewhere to start, then start with our Key to Hope. We want to help you right away with a free gift from us. 
I'm praying for you to find what you need based on biblical truths. We care about your transformation. Whatever you're facing, your life matters, and God wants you to live in victory. Today's a great day to begin.